So over the last few weeks, we have been gradually peeling back the layers of who we are and our characters and our personalities and the things that make us who we are. And last week, Rick had a look at thorns and we thought about the things that entangle us and the things that we struggle with and maybe the mistakes that we've made. And today, we're going to dig a little bit deeper and we're going to look at our scars. I've got a scar on my knee. Now, I did this scar when I was quite young. It's my oldest scar, um, and it is, I did it at the park. Now, my dad was in charge. Often when my dad was in charge, somebody got hurt or some things happened. But, you know, we do have a little laugh about that. Um, but really, he was a brilliant dad, and he used to take us to the park, and he'd get back from work, and we'd play, and he'd get the Lego out, or the Playmobil, or do Brooking Broncos, or something like that. And this day, we went to the park. So... I decided that I would um, dare myself to walk across a seesaw. So I walked up the seesaw and then as it tipped down, I tried to keep my balance and keep walking, but I lost my balance and I fell. Um, and I got a little piece of gravel stuck in my knee. Now, I did scream, I cried a lot. Um, my dad had to round me up and my, my two brothers at the time um, and I had to go home in my brother Ben's pushchair. He was probably only about three at the time and I, I had to sit in his pushchair because obviously I, I could barely walk because I'd got a piece of gravel stuck in my knee. Now, when we got home, the gravel was still in my knee and my dad went to his shed and um, got out a screwdriver and then just flicked out the piece of gravel. Now, I'm not sure I would have gone and got a screwdriver out if that had happened now, but, you know, it worked and uh, the gravel popped out and, and my knee was able to recover, but I've still got a scar. And when I look at that scar, it sums up so many things to me. It's kind of like, it reminds me of the, the daring myself to be brave and balance on the seesaw. It reminds me of the pain of the fall. It reminds me of the wound, um, and the damage that it had left but it also reminds me of after tea times with my dad and all the fun that we had and how precious it was to have a dad who would play with us and do stuff that was fun um so that's one of my scars scars mark us don't they some of them are surface level like my knee but some are deep some fade some don't but they do tell a story, and those stories are our stories. Our scars shape our character. Sometimes our scars are the suffering that produced perseverance in us, and that turned into our character, and the way that we think, and the way that we view things. And if we choose to, they can also turn into hope. So you know about the scar on my knee? I have got a few other scars. I've got a scar on my belly button where I had my belly button pierced when I was a teenager. That's a very lovely one. But just next to that, I've got a little scar from a little surgery that I had when we lost a baby. Now, you probably know Rick and I lost three babies. And the second one, I had to have an investigation because they were concerned that it, was, it could have been ectopic. So I've got a little scar there. Um... And actually, that's a physical scar. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, 
please, when I look at this scar, God, please let this be a sign of what you've brought me through and how far you've taken me. And at that point, I didn't know that we were going to head into even more kind of heartbreak and, and heartache and more scars, actually. So obviously, I've got that physical scar, but I've also got the kind of emotional and the mental scars of that. When I look at that, that still reminds me of there's no heartbeat. And it's still quite emotional to think about that. It's quite haunting, those words are. And, um, you know, that, that there is a physical scar, but that, that doesn't hurt anymore. But the mental and the emotional impact of that does. Each one of our babies has left me scarred. Most of them are mental and most of them are emotional. They're quite deep. Then I scream after hearing again, there's no heartbeat. They're the fragility of me when hearing that other people were pregnant at the same time of me and that the turmoil of wanting to desperately share their joy and juggle the, the pain and the desperation that was our story at that point. They're a reminder of post-traumatic stress. They're a reminder that I couldn't get out of bed sometimes and it was hard to leave the house. They're my questioning of who God was at that time. But those questions led me into him. My relationship with him got deeper as a result of those scars. Not straight away. They were hard conversations to have with him. There were hard things to face and it was hard to not have answers and live with that uncertainty. But because I just couldn't settle with how much I loved him compared with what was happening to me, I just had to keep asking him questions and I had to keep waiting on him and just waiting for him to bring a bit of peace to me. Sometimes we don't get answers, do we? Sometimes we just have to settle with not needing them, but knowing that we are held and that we are safe. There's loneliness in some of our deepest scars, but there's learning too. There's trauma in them, but there's also treasure too. It can be really hard to look at our scars as treasure, but if you dig deep enough with Jesus... He will gently reveal himself to you, like he did to me. He will teach you, and he will shape you, and he will hold you. Some of those memories now are really precious to me. The Bible says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and I kind of added cheek to cheek kind of close. There's loads of pain, but there's also loads of healing you will have your scars some of them might be physical some of them might be emotional they might be mental some of them might not be deep some of them might be so deep that you've buried them and it's hard to bring them out and it's hard to think about them again it might be loss like me that's left you scarred it might be abuse or neglect or betrayal or rejection broken relationships, so many things can leave us scarred and they leave us vulnerable 
and that feeling of not really knowing whether we're safe. I've learned that it is safe to trust God with the pain that's in our deepest scars. It's brave to revisit them and it's brave to try and tend to them. For some of us, they might not even have scarred over yet. They might just be open wounds still that we've kind of pushed to one side or we might be living in it at the moment. We might have wounds that are completely open. But I just want to encourage you today. God can bring healing and he can bring restoration and he can bring peace into all of these things. Now, as you might know, I'm a talker. I like to talk about things. It's not that I find it easy to necessarily, but I do like to process things verbally. And some of you might be different to me than that. And that's okay, we're all different, aren't we? But I do think that there is power in acknowledging our scars and where we've come from. Even talking about them, if we can. Rob Bell, in his amazing book, Drops Like Stars, talks about this kind of stuff and he calls it the art of solidarity. And I love that. There is such an art in sharing our stories and talking to people, but the, the art of solidarity that brings us together with our shared experiences or the way that we can relate to other people because of what they've been through and what we've been through. God can use that. And he uses our stories to bring lightness to other people if we let him. I'm just going to read a passage from Galatians. Um, it's Galatians 6, 11 to 18. And this is Paul talking to the Galatians. See what large letters I make when I am writing in my own hand. It is those who want to make good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law, but they want to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who follow this rule, may peace be upon them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. I wonder if I could say the word circumcised anymore. <laughs> but really, what Paul is saying when he talks of circumcision is saying that upholding the law just to look good is not the way. Pretending to have it all together is not the way. It's not the answer. Allowing yourself to be transformed into a new creation is what counts. He says that he bears the scars on his body that show he belongs to Jesus. Let's just imagine, just for a few minutes, what Paul's scars would have looked like. It's reading 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26.
So this is Paul. Five times I have received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked for a night and a day. I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers and sisters, in toil and hardship, through, that, through many a sleepless night, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. Can you imagine Paul's scars? The rejection that some of us would have felt, Paul knew that. The lashings, I mean we probably will never know what that feels like. But we may have had our skin torn into or cut. Paul was shipwrecked and abandoned at sea and floating around in the sea for a day and a night. He says that his scars are evidence that he belongs to Jesus. They've turned him again and again into a new creation. I think he bravely encourages us to step into the new people that we're invited to be. Our experiences shape us, don't they? And if we let them if we let God, he can turn us into someone new. Paul tells us later that God's grace is enough. It's all we need. That God's strength comes into its own when we are weak. And we need his grace, don't we? I have one more scar. It's probably my worst scar. And it is a constant reminder of God's grace to me. It's my scar from the C-section from when I had Lucy. I still kind of find it quite hard to make friends with this scar. It's not a tidy scar. It was a quick, let's get her out kind of scar. And I was kind of hacked into and it's not a pretty scar. And it's left me a completely different shape. And it's not something that I really like to look at. It's strange really because it's also the reason why me and Lucy are alive and I can look at Lucy with a massive sense of gratitude but I still find it quite hard to look at my scar like that because of what it's done to my body and the, the way that it's made me change shape it still feels fairly traumatic in a lot of ways and I still don't like it but it's a process I guess it's still messy and I guess really it's a reminder that God was in the mess of it all, that he was there. I'm not angry about it anymore. I did used to feel quite angry about it, which is strange again because we got Lucy um, and she's our little light and she's amazing. And what God brought us through was amazing. But the truth is, that my little scars didn't change me quite as dramatically as the c-section scar did they didn't change my body they're still there I can see the scar on my knee but I kind of almost smile it away I can see the little scar when they did the surgery before and I kind of I can look at that and think look what God has done but my c-section scar 
I still find that hard. Really, it is a sign that God made me into a new person. He made me somebody new, not just because I had surgery, but because of everything that he did and everything that he brought me through and the experience that I had. There's loads of heartache in that scar, I guess, and darkness, but also there is so much treasure because of what God did and how he took my pain and he made me somebody new and he gave me so much hope back. I don't really have many memories after I had Lucy because I was so poorly those few days that I was in hospital. I was so poorly, I, I don't have loads of really clear memories. But I do have a memory of sitting with her and I was just holding her and we were on our own in a room together. And I just looked at her. And after all the trauma and all the sadness and all the pain and the confusion of it all, I looked at her little face and I just sang to her, Let it be Jesus. The first name that I call, let it be Jesus. My song inside the storm. And you know what? That's what he was. My song in the storm of it all. And there is so much power in the name of Jesus. I was cross with him. But you know what? I loved him. And when I looked at her and I sang his name, that was a really precious moment. It's almost like just clinging on to something. And he's been so faithful. Do you know, sometimes we feel abandoned by God. We feel forgotten by him. But we're not. We just feel like that. Jesus felt like that too. <laughs> Jesus bears the scars of this world. The cross and the battering that Jesus took leading up to that event, he became unrecognisable. He felt abandoned. He asked God why he'd forsaken him. He felt that pain. But let's have a little look at the closing chapter in the book of Luke. So it's Luke 24, verse 36 to 39. Um, this is referring to the disciples. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them 
his hands and his feet. Jesus' scars were the proof that he was who he said he was. He still is. He still bears those scars. And he still is who he says he is. He still is love. He still is light. He still is our healer. He still is our peacekeeper, our peacemaker, the prince of peace, the one who brings us peace, the one who breathes life into us and brings us back to life. Our scars are the proof of what we've been through. They tell our stories. They are also proof of what God has brought us through. Whether they're physical or emotional, perhaps we will even look fondly on some of them someday as a sign that he has showed us that he is all he says he is. I want to live in that place. That place of resurrection. The place where Jesus met his disciples and said, look, it's really me. The place where he went from feeling forsaken to fully rescued and fully restored. The place where scars are not seen of a, as a product of pain anymore, but of healing and wholeness. Where scars become proof of where we were and what God has brought us through. Our experiences shape us. We don't go back to normal after we go through stuff like that. Normal is gone. What was normal is gone. But God will make us new. And he'll let us know how to make us a new shape. And that's what becoming a new creation is about. It's learning to get to know our new shape and, and making peace with our scars and letting God bring healing to us in our scars and using them, using our stories to help other people and to bring lightness to them. He will teach us how to become new and it is so safe to trust him with that. We bear the scars of this world. So does Jesus. As we peel back this later, it's really important that we give ourselves a bit of space for this. Because this, this can be really deep stuff. This can be quite emotional stuff. And if we were together, we'd be there for each other. We'd be able to sit at the end and, and chat this stuff through and pray with each other. And maybe you want to get in touch with someone and maybe you want a bit of prayer and maybe you want to share your story with someone. But we definitely need space. Some of this stuff, when it's just surface, it, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like a fond memory to think about the kind of things that have made us who we are. But when it's deep and it's painful, we need to give God a bit of space and ask him to do some work with us. And as we remember the cross, let's give ourselves some time for God to remember us. And Voskamp uses that term. She uses the re and then hyphenates it and puts remember us for God to put us back together as we remember the cross and we remember what he's done, we'll ask him to bring us through a resurrection into that sense of newness. So tonight I'm going to do a Lectio Divina. I'm going to put it on at about seven o'clock 
And if you can join me for that, it would be brilliant if you can. But it'll be up there and you can visit it whenever you want. But hopefully it will just give us a little bit more space just to dwell on the power of what Jesus went through and how we can find healing in that and how we can take comfort in that and just have a bit of rest in his presence again. Perhaps our scars can be seen as a sign that we belong to Jesus. For me now, when I talk about it again, even though I'm still emotional, I think most of my emotion now is attached to Jesus and who he is and how good he is and what he has brought me through and that I belong to him. And I know that it's changed me so much that I can never go back. I can never go back to what I was before that happened. And he's made me new and he's made me better. And it's different to how I imagined, but it's better. There are almost evidence, like Paul suggests, that I'm his. Perhaps there's mindsets that we just can't shift. Perhaps we need to invite God into that and do some shaping in our brains to help us with that. Perhaps there's some pain that just still feels a bit suffocating and you need God to bring some healing. Whatever it is, we've got a chance to choose today to move forward in hope. To look at things with a sense of gratitude that we have a God who gets it. We've got a God who came to this world and he gets it. And as a result, the art of this solidarity that we have with him, you know, he's our brother. He gets it. And he can help us. He can lead us through this stuff and he can make us better. So it's safe to ask him some questions. And I would encourage you to do that if you need to. Ask him some questions. Go back to some of them things with him and just invite him in and ask him to show you his love. So as we bravely do this, I just want to pray for us and then we're just going to finish with a song as well. Um, but let's just pray. Lord Jesus, you are everything. God, you know our scars. You know the things that are deep inside us that have wounded us and shaped us. And sometimes it's not always been for the best. Sometimes it hasn't made us better. Sometimes it's made us bitter, God. And, and I just pray that you would invade us with your love and with your power and with your peace. God, I pray that you would do some mending in us that you would remind us of who you are and where we've come from and what you've brought us through. And Lord Jesus, I am grateful to you. God, I don't know how I could have done this without you. And now, would you say again, will you come into us? Will you help make us better? Help make us new? And Jesus, we just want to be more like you. Thank you so much that we have you and we can talk to you about this stuff. Amen. <laughs>